And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Double M, what's going on? He's a gangster. Yes, I need your advice, super genius. You're an ass, you're an ass, you're an ass. DX at 105.9. Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com filling in for Mark Madden today and tomorrow. And I'm joined here in studio now by Chris Carter, who is our Steelers slash NFL analyst. What's up, man? How's it going? Hi, Carter. What's going on, Dan? I'm fired up, Carter. I hear, I hear you, man. I, I walked in the studio and you were like, "I can't take it anymore." <laughs> <laughs> you know that happens. It, I understand that people do that to me too. It's it's frustrating, just a little. And we're talking, of course, about the reaction to James Harrison's mm. really, for the most part, innocuous remarks uh, comparing Bill Belichick to Mike Tomlin. Uh, and feeding off really the lowest common denominator and suggesting yeah. that Tomlin and his his teams lack discipline. Mm. Uh, where does I, I'll ask you the same question I've asked some callers because I already I I know how you feel about this particular issue, but specifically as a guy who studies films, uh, breaks down strategies, uh, players' individual performances for our site. When you hear someone say that they lost because of something that Mike Mitchell said three weeks before the game, yes, where's your head? I think that people look for stories that they can understand it because football is such a complex game that has so many moving parts at every moment of the game that people reach for these storylines that, oh, I can grasp that you know Mike Mitchell called these guys out, and therefore that's definitely the reason that they lost X, they lost the game X, Y, and Z. Or I just I just blanket, I blame the coaches, and that's an easy way to, to look at it and just say let's move on from that because I didn't like the result of that game. I mean, the... the, the, the... It's not like you can look at the Jacksonville game. Mm -hmm. There are some football games, you're right, it's really complex. Mm -hmm. And you say, well, I'm not really 100% sure. Even you and I have had uh, debates between ourselves as it relates to, for example, Sean Davis's coverage of Rob Gronkowski. Right. Uh, we ended up. I don't disagree with you on that. No, I was just going to say, we (laughs) ended up on the same page as far as whether or not Davis Mm -hmm. did a good job, which he did. Yes. Uh, we ended up disagreeing on how or if they should have chipped Gronk at the line yeah, or yeah, double covered story. him in, in coverage and things like that. Sometimes there are gray areas. The Jacksonville game offered no gray areas. It was plain as day what was happening, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, there were several problems that they had. Uh, one, the defense, they just they, they struggled to have any continuity after Ryan Shazier got hurt. They tried all these different things. and, and, I, and Pulled I, Sean Spence in I mean, off the street. I mean, literally, Sean Spence was on a couch for eight weeks yeah. and then just starting right, right then yeah. and there. And, I mean, the, Sean Spence, the reason they brought him in was because he knew how to work a 3-4 scheme. He had been on the team under Dick LeBeau. And, I mean, he was a huge reason why they got their first interception of Tom Brady in more than a decade because he was able to jump down on a check down that Tom Brady had in that game. Those type of moments he's able to contribute to. But you want a guy that's going to fill a gap and make sure that a fullback can't push me out of the hole or come up and tackle Leonard Fournette and and force that play or also cover a guy and stop Blake Bortles from scrambling. There just aren't that many players around. LJ Fort did it once or twice in that in that Jaguars game, but you have to, you have to pay those guys to be consistent and LJ Fort's not that guy. Sean Spence isn't that guy. Now, when people talk about discipline, yes. They're almost always focused on, you know, Facebook live, somebody tweeting something, uh. levy on rapping. As if somehow rapping is a lack of discipline, right? As opposed to just you know music. Mm-hmm. 
they'll talk about stuff like that. When you watch the team, and seriously, like I, I don't even think I've ever asked you this question before. Sure. But when you watch this team on film and you study them, there are different definitions to the word discipline. Is it a disciplined team? Are they where they're supposed to be? Do they follow their assignments well? And again, not 100% of the time, but compared to the other NFL teams that yeah. you're studying in the process. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is that there's times where the biggest breakdowns you see, especially with this team, because they remember, people got to remember, a lot of these guys are very young. Yep. They're trying to make their mark. Uh, like I'll take, I'll go back to the Bears game for example. Yep, they did a really good job shutting down a lot of things where Bears were trying to do until late in the game because if people people forget the defense gave the offense several opportunities in the fourth quarter to put the game away. Yes, they, they just did. Didn't put any points in the board. And then finally, the Bears did get they, something going and, and, offensively and, on the and, ground. And, and and one thing that I noted in Carter's classroom on DK Pittsburgh Sports is. Look at this guy over pursuing. Look at that. They were started to try to do too much late in the game because they realized the offense isn't putting points up on the board. We got to do something. And that's when those mistakes happen. I think that's where those breakdowns happen. But it's not like, oh, they didn't They're not study. prepared. Right. Yeah. These guys come in. They know what teams are doing. Like, I talked to Ryan Shazier. That man knows everything of everybody like when I, I talked to him about how he intercepted uh the, the the Colts game when he when he picked it off when it was going to Jack Doyle he said well Bud rushed in my lane by accident and so I realized my blitz wouldn't work <laughs> so I just said well J- Jack Doyle gets the most targets on this team I found him ran to him the ball came to him I picked it off and that's happening within like 2.8 with, seconds with, yeah, and like, yeah. And with people flying <laughs> around him that and it's not just Shay's ear Vince Williams is very smart Cam Hayward's very smart a lot of these, these guys, guys think the game at another level yes. they don't get any credit for nope. it because they get labeled or painted by the actions of one or two dummies. Right, exactly. Legit dummies. <laughs> yeah. And and, and that, that's the part, that's one of the, the many things that upsets me about this whole narrative about, mm. oh, it's discipline. Yeah, yeah, discipline. <sighs> I know. Yeah. It's, I know. It's it's frustrating. That's why I was the way I was when you walked <laughs> in here today. <laughs> Dayon looked like he was going to throw a chair at me. I was like, whoa, what did I do, buddy? <laughs> I was just going to use it to hold a parking space outside. <laughs> that was, that, there you go. That's the Pittsburgh. Chris Carter of DKPittsburghSports.com is my guest in here. Carter, as you look ahead to training camp, if we're allowed to talk about anything other than the Steelers' discipline issues here, <laughs> give me some reason, because you just you just lit the fire here with me again now with, with Shazier and yeah. mentioning Vince Williams. Give me some reason to believe in inside linebacker. Oh, John year. John Bostic is is a good player. He's not even starting, Carter. What, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Everyone has to remember the situation of inside linebacker was a desperate spot. We just they just they're like, let's let's just throw out a body. That's really what they did okay. with, with Sean Spencer. Why is Matikavich listed as their starter and he performed as their starter in minicamp? Why? Because they're trying because he's the one that knows the system the he most. He knows the system. And that's and that and that's that's the most important thing the Steelers have always placed. If you know our system, I don't we're gonna, care. I I, I, I want him to tackle. Push. Right, and you want him to tackle. Now here's the thing. Matikavich, because he's he's been with the team for two years now, they're going to say, we're going to give you a shot. But best believe, that's a contest. Bostic is going to come ready, and he's going to challenge Matikavich. Will he beat him out? I think he will. Just because Bostic, I think, is an underrated player, and he's bounced around the league because teams have loved his athleticism, mm-hmm. but they've needed other pieces. And, and another question, am I being unfair to Matikavich, considering that Matikavich told all of us mm. 
in OTAs and minicamp that he had a very badly injured shoulder through most of the season. I mean, to be fair, he's also a, an extremely young player. He was in his second year. He's a seventh-round draft pick. I, I, I'm, I, when I talk about Medikavich, I simply say, okay, this is as far as if, if you grade him as a starting linebacker, these are the things you have to say. But all things considered, I don't think he's in a horrible position right now. I think that he can be a backup, but he right now he has not shown me as a person who watches the tape that he can be a consistent 3-4 starting Mac or Buck linebacker that you're going to count on to win those plays. You have to chime in on the, the real issue. What's the real issue? Of the day. What is the real issue of the day? Um, if... The Steelers don't have Le'Veon Bell for any, you know, portion of time. And yeah. I, I actually think he will be there for I think Cleveland. Will, yeah. However, if they don't, who on this team can replace him? I know the answer to that is nobody. Right. But, but beyond that. I mean, well, did you I, see anything that you liked about James Conner other than the occasional sweep? I mean, there wasn't much to to see. They didn't give him as many shots as I think that he needed to establish himself. I think that he's in good running back shape, and that's going to be the biggest thing is can he now develop that chemistry with the offensive line to be able to trust where they're going to be? Because that's the other thing about about a hard runner is that sometimes you're assigned a hole, but like Le'Veon Bell, we know that he's just like, I'm going to pick the hole that, that, that I see and that I know is developing. And it takes time for, for, for most backs to develop that. And James Conner... He needs to work with the line more he to develop that chemistry. to get back chemistry. to the inside. Yeah, and that's another thing. Is, and and that's, what, uh, right. that's the part that stands out for me about James. And I know he's actually lost weight since, since last season, which I'm not mm-hmm. crazy about. I, I want to see James Conner from his sophomore year at Pitt, you know, where he was blowing guys off the ball. Right, you know? and, but we also have to remember that was, that was ACC football of course. compared to NFL I, football. I, I understand. And, he was going to have a size advantage. Yeah. Bob, can we take one call? We're going to do that. Lamont at the airport has a call. Uh, and he can ask it of both me and Carter. Lamont, you're on 105.9 The X. Uh, hey, how you doing, DK? How you doing, Carter? What's up, man? Um, hey. my, my thing is I was just uh, calling to agree with you. Like, I don't believe that the uh, the disciplinary problems uh, had to do anything with the Jacksonville loss. It came down to they just weren't prepared for what Jacksonville was coming in to do. I wanted us to play the Bills instead of Jacksonville because I saw that would have been a better matchup for us to actually win as opposed to us losing early on in the season like we did. I hear you. So th- here's my here's my thing, Lamont. And thank you for calling. With 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 the whole preparation thing, they knew what the Jaguars were going to try to do. But honestly, the defensive front was just unable to beat that Jaguars physically. offensive line physically. They were getting pushed off the ball. And there's some days that that happens. And the Jaguars, well, especially when two of the guys are are, are hurt, are hurt. Yeah, like like yeah. Stephon Tuitt and Javon Hargrave were notably injured for you know for, for late in the season, and it showed really big against a really good Jaguars offensive line. I think that's a factor that many people overlook and that's not about preparation that's not about oh uh, Tomlin should have drawn some more X's and O's on the board and figured that out with like a lot of people think. because your only solution tactically would have been something personnel wise which would have been to put you know, Tyson and, and and Big Dan McCullers Ugh. out there for the first time, literally yeah, all, all season. season. Right, you played twice. You just can't do it. Yeah, I mean they that, that was the hand that they were dealt. Give Nathaniel Hackett in particular the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. and the Jaguars uh, credit for their game plan for exploiting the Steelers' weakness and really, really just pounding it. Oh, yeah, you know? they, did, they did their job. Christopher Carter covers the Steelers and the NFL. 
for DKPittsburghSports.com. We're very proud of that, actually. I'm proud of it. (laughs) Who are you telling? (laughs) When we come back, we're going to do our Mike with Bob segment with producer Bob McLaughlin. You're listening to 105.9 The X.